Hi everybody, um, welcome back to the Trauma of Abuse podcast with me, Hannah Barnard. So, I've just got my voice back, I've been suffering with a bit of asthma and a croaky voice, so um, I haven't been able to do the interviews that I'd planned to do, so hopefully we'll be getting around to those soon. Um, and I just wanted to talk about a couple of topics that are going to be coming up as well. So, um, we've talked about how to survive family court. Um, and what to expect and what you may expect. I also wanted to share with you um, two topics. One is about women and motherhood and what that means today. Um, and also the other one is about kidnapping and things like that. I think it's quite relevant given the, the current times that we're in um, and some of the traumas that, that families and mothers have actually experienced. Um, within this context, I'm going to be talking a little bit about coercive control and domestic violence, people's experiences of domestic violence. And I just want to talk about a brief story um, and sort of summary, really, of my experience of motherhood, how it came about, what changed um, and how it changed me and what I was subjected to as a mother, um, how it shaped my views and what I would now advise women based on what I found. Plus how this is an ongoing project and how to get in touch and share your stories and connect with me. So obviously I've talked about the Facebook page um, and the group called the Trauma of Abuse Podcast Facebook page. You can also message me on there if you have a story to tell. Um, and I just wanted to explain really um, how coercive control and domestic violence can work Um how children are produced and how motherhood comes about during a domestic abuse situation is a little bit different from your average normal. And I think that seeing as this is a kind of educational podcast for those in services, working in services as well, I think it's going to be quite useful for professionals as well as the victims who've experienced it to understand and make sense of this um, and to give them a, a perspective and an insight into the fact that people don't just set up cozy little families um in loving relationships and you know these have awful you know separations as it's described often i think um i wanted to tell a story really about someone who was a mother um of coercive control and domestic violence so this is how it came about and it wasn't a cozy relationship and a desire to start a family. It was the victim of an older predatory white male in the UK. And at the age of about 19, um, had left a sort of middle-class professional family and lived away from home at university, had an education, but not really had a great deal of life experience, um, which returned from having had first experience of a violent man. So not somebody who's come from a violent background, but somebody's, how this pattern of behaviour plays out in women's and mothers' lives. So having returned from a first experience, um, a man who was a neighbour of an older student from um, a nation which has very different views about women culturally, um, who had attacked her and tried to force himself um, on a housemate and a week or so later on the victim herself and tried to do the same to me 
and also had threatened a young male with um, a knife as well. So this is a person with a history and a brief history and a recent history at the time of violence towards a number of people. However, this person, this man's view, this perpetrator's view of women, in particular Western women, was of disdain and um, purpose in the infiltration of Europe and Britain and what they described as a revolution, as he put it at the time. So they were sent and funded by their particular country's embassy, and these so-called students, um, as I've categorised in um, speech marks there, in European studies at the time and similar courses, were aimed really um, to marry and join other family in the country of the UK or Europe for some sort of creepy takeover rather than a sort of genuine desire to be a student. Now there were mature students um, attending universities, perhaps doing a second language or perhaps having done a course in their own country and then coming over to the UK to do um, various um, degrees and extra studies. Um, you know, the UK has a reputation for a reasonable education system. Um, However, there's a controlling, sort of charmy, creepy, plotting, cover-up style, misogynistic, aggressive and domineering characteristic um, with this particular individual and infiltrating, controlling male. Um, they were intimidating, they would play loud music that was imitating, uh, intimidating, sorry, after being arrested and charged with sexual assault. Um, he would sort of charm other people and play on other people's backgrounds and sympathies, um, calling themselves untouchable. They would manipulate people's boyfriends, um, and in particular one of the boyfriends of one of his victims, into shaking his hand. And he manipulated his friends of European descent and background into believing um, his sort of narcissistic victimhood in a sense, and innocence. Um, however, there were sort of Londoners, French, Europeans, Slavics, who were not as naive and actually um, all misogynistic in their approach to recognising his behaviour and attitudes and didn't actually presume the need to control and cri criticise Western women in the same regard. Um, genuinely, um, students who were there to study and not for their own motives. Um, what we find um, in this particular setting was that this person... And these people had come with a sort of set agenda um, into the country. And that was my first experience, really, of dealing with somebody who was violent, older and predatory and dominating, sort of controlling male. Um, and you might, you might presume, well, different cultural attitudes as well came into it and were a factor in that. However, the second... Um, perpetrator I encountered was when I escaped from the danger zone and began to work um, and live while studying back home. Um, when I encountered the next predator, I was unable to afford accommodation of my own and had a fairly disposable income from working. Um, I visited a, a pub when I was still young and often stopping to meet locals after work and socialise, I was recovering from what had happened previously. Um, and enjoying company and jokes. And um, However, the peer group was older men who were acting my age but really shouldn't have been at home or mixing with women my senior. Um, this 
this predator would look sly and shifty, creepy, um, and sort of creeping around early doors mid-afternoon on the prowl. He'd be telling odd stories and seeking a woman whilst loitering around. And um, unbeknown to me, this creature had been blackmailing an ex-fiancé and violent, um, violently, financially and psychologically abused his ex-wife. Um, who was actually, at the time, unbeknown to us, divorcing. And if people knew of this, they didn't actually say anything. So, in fact, um, I would go on to later discover many victims, a whole history of abusive behaviour, um, which had been kept sort of well hidden. And his, um, this particular predator, who was a white British male, um, also of an older age group, kept secret his divorce because of his domestic violence and lied about his past and he isolated and manipulated people to create a sort of false narrative of himself and to get what he wanted so the plan was always to ensnare a woman and coerce her into living being abused and playing a role in producing his children for his means and um, that is the precursor really to be to motherhood so Two different people from two different parts of the world, two different cultures, but actually with the same misogynistic views. Um, so how did it change everything? Well, being pregnant, being trapped um, by a sinister man about approximately 16, 17 years my senior, um, this man moved us to a new house. And we know that isolation is one of the, um, the control mechanisms. And... Um, I thought it was quite a nice attached house at first and he could afford to get his new expensive car and things like that. But it turned out that the child that he had blackmailed and coerced me into having, in fact, um, and the fact that I tried to delay this and not been offered marriage or anything like that, um, or had my feelings or plans recognised as relevant to his plan, um, he humiliated me, called me names in front of other people, and he would mock me. Um, having isolated me, I was now shown off once I was impregnated. Um, he would then drink and refuse to drive me home. I was not a driver at the time, and having worked all day, I was meeting up as usual, and I was refused a lift, told to get a taxi, for example. Um, prior to this, he'd refused me food. I was disturbed by this on a whole day out as he was trying to persuade me to get pregnant. And I left one time on the day of a particular music festival in town and I went home to get away from him knowing um, that starving somebody and expecting them to drink on an empty stomach, etc., whilst telling them they were fatter than him and didn't need to eat, you know, which is abnormal. Um, terrifying as this was... His friend, it turns out, I know now is a dodgy criminal also, and a misogynist, who also relayed this information to me that I didn't need lunch. Um, I wasn't overweight at the time, by the way, I was just a normal woman of um, normal size, really. Um, probably quite slim compared to the average. Um, but it was bizarre. And my son, later, years later, and heard in a conversation where these two men were actually discussing the illegal transport of goods from ships um, to delivery by vans on mainland, which was also very strange. So here we have people sort of collaborating and working together. And you don't really know why, but you know that there's a very sinister motive behind it. 
um, because what normal people behave like that towards women and collectively um, a normal man would sort of call it out or step away from it or be shocked by it or try to help um, after being pregnant I was told on holiday I couldn't buy sunscreen for example um, and was not considered at all my needs were not met and it was apparent that when he had an issue um, with for example the gynecologist examining me and the health visitor or the child um, support services um, that were basically giving advice as standard, you know, standard sort of um, health care, um, was resenting anybody who offered help or support during the afterbirth, um, was in his way. And his way, what was that? Well, it, it was completely trying to reframe me and the narrative on me, objecting to me breastfeeding when I actually did breastfeed and um, objecting to my physical recovery, my attending to my child and putting his needs first, which I did naturally and instinctively, and also because I'd been brought up with, you know, a, a very functional, normal family who care for children in a normal way. He was trying to control me and to use the child, my physical recovery and money to continually bully, assault, mess with my mind and frighten me. And at the time, I was a, an excellent mother and doing everything well, as well as coping with his unreasonable demands and abusive behaviour. Um, he had tantrums, he would be neglectful, he had a strange setup and smear campaigns behind my back. And sleep deprivation um, was another thing, and added into sleep deprivation from him, as well as put downs and odd menial tasks that he would invent or force me to repeat or tell me I wasn't good enough at. And I'm sure some of my listeners who've actually experienced some of these things, this is the short version of the story really, um, will recognise some of these traits um, in their own experience. So that's really um, a sort of non-detailed version of the build-up to what it was like. Um, I could give lots of other bizarre instants, you know. Um, but basically, there was a sort of plan in place by both groups um, and both perpetrators, one after another, really. And of course, this perpetrator, this particular perpetrator, it turned out unbeknown to anybody. Um, and those that did know didn't want to say anything. And that's because challenging abuser meets with their wrath and I later discovered this and not having had an experience of these types of abusive people and I think a lot of people who become victims of this kind of trauma and this kind of abuse they actually think well it's my fault in some way and they blame themselves because they think you know well I didn't have a very good childhood and actually what I'm saying here is that you know this could be the first time or the second time that you've actually encountered anybody of this predatory abuse of nature um so that's a kind of brief outline of how it can come about um just so that people know that you know people don't always get married and have this lovely little setup and this wonderful existence that there is actually a predatory motive behind these people preying on women preying on potential victims mothers wives girlfriends etc and that it's actually pre-planned you know they do actually plan that these people are going to fulfill a role that they're going to be allowed to do what they want to them 
that they're going to serve a purpose. Um, and in a way, it's sort of, you know, when you think about historic past and you think of kings of England just producing women that had to produce an heir to the throne, for example, or children, it's kind of very similar. Here are these people with a motive, you know, I want to get into a certain country, I want to um, impregnate the person who is of this nation or marry this person or get hold of certain things or control certain things um, or produce this sort of false imagery um, to present to the public and you think actually this is what's going on here and why do they choose somebody who's younger possibly more vulnerable possibly not as experienced because they're easier to uh, to manipulate they haven't got as much experience they've got to spot those signs that they've seen before um, and in some cases where it's not normal to them they start to doubt themselves and think well even though I've never experienced anything like this in my childhood, maybe this is the way things are meant to be. Um, and you know something's not right, but it creeps up. And these people are creepy. They're calculated and they are creepy. So really, I think it serves as um, a sort of lesson to victims, things to look out for. So people recommending a potential man or partner to you who's a potential abuser, um, them sort of hovering around places that are not really usual for their weekly. I mean, there was a guy who used to hang around this swimming pool or swimming bath. I used to go swimming during midweek. I used to think, what are you doing here? Like, why are you hovering around the showers? Sort of, or there was another man, I think, preyed on one of my friends and turned out to be an abuser. And I think, you know, he's going to slim as well or something. Or, you know, it's not that men can't go to slim as well or they can't go to, you know, a yoga class or... But why are these people hanging around these places? Um, and you might think, well, it's not unusual to find a man hanging around a pub or a bar um, after work. But actually, why are they hanging around? Why don't they have a quality of life? Why don't they have, you know, relationships? And why have they, you know, at that age group? And, of course, I think younger women don't actually realise that they start to realise as they get older and they go out of their sort of teen years into their 20s and then into their 30s and 40s and they start to realise actually what are these men doing hanging around behaving like teenagers or 20 year olds or <laughs> they're not actually you know it's, it's quite weird it is quite weird um, but you don't actually realise that at the time so I think if you are a younger person listening to this or you have a daughter or even a granddaughter or something, who's actually, you're worried about or concerned about um, getting involved with these people. I think this is a really good story to kind of tell them and, and have them listen to. It's, um, I don't know, I meet some, some really sensible young people these days who can spot the signs. Um, but I also think these people are very cunning predators. And they play on lots of different aspects, you know. Oh, welcome me into this. You can't be uh, seen to be um, questioning my reason for being here or my motives or my... Um, and actually, you can. You know, you can say, this, pe- this behaviour is just not normal or this attitude towards me or towards others is not normal. This behaviour is not normal. Um, and you can question it, you know. So, yeah, that's just touching really briefly on 
where motherhood comes from in a controlling environment and what your experience might be of abusive behaviour prior to that, what you might have experienced. So be sure to contact me and message me on Facebook Messenger um, under the Trauma of Abuse podcast. Um, There's a link in my Facebook page. You'll be able to contact me on there. Um, And also there's the group. There's a new group set up as well, so you can look that up on Facebook. So there's a Trauma of Abuse podcast group chat there so we can post um any thoughts you might have of how you became um entered into motherhood through domestic violence and how it might have been coercive control it might have been violence it might have been coercion it might have been drugs it might have been drink it might have been rape um and how that came about and of course there are different types of but it's all the same predatory behaviour. So you might want to share your story with me and you might want to share it with the group and you might want to contact me privately to talk about that. I think it's good to talk about it and to share these experiences and different stories. And I think it's also very good for professionals to hear this, how these people operate, how the victims experience this. So please contact me and I hope you've enjoyed this podcast today I'm going to cut it short today because I want to do it in different parts and I'm going to be addressing um, some of the kidnapping aspects next time as well because that's really important to talk about children being taken I know that a lot of my listeners and a lot of my followers who have actually experienced this with their own children through the system that's failing them um, and through dominating personalities. So get in touch. It's good to check in with you all. And I'm just going to leave you all now with that thought. Thanks very much for listening. Bye.